Thank you, Pastor John. Well, it's good to see you all here this morning, wherever you may be. It's been great to come and worship together and to be able to continue to do that, even though we're locked away in our homes or I don't know where you're watching this from, wherever that may be, it's good to come together. And it's good now to continue with this series we've been looking at. Not a fan. I want to put it to you that every relationship has a moment when it moves to a next level. Now I'm thinking about more of a romantic relationship that's probably a better setting for this. And it made me think, it makes me think of my own relationship with Beck. You see, there was a time when we were just friends. We were just friends for about a year or so. I was at Narry Warren Baptist Church and she and her family started to come and attend the church and uh, she was good friends with some of my good friends and we started hanging out more and more and, and started to get to know each other over about a year and it got to one of those points where everyone else in the room could see something happening between us and yet I must admit I was probably a bit slow and, and took my time and just enjoyed letting that friendship grow and to develop. But after developing that friendship for some time, there was a point where I knew it was more and I think it meant something more to her. But unless it's spoken or unless it's asked, well, I wouldn't know. And there's that awkward moment where you need to find out. And so after being friends for quite a a while, I remember asking her and saying, "I'd, I'd like to talk. Can we go somewhere privately and have the chat, as you could call it. And I remember that conversation well, sitting with Beck and sharing that I liked her a lot, I believe is the term that I used. (laughs) Sharing that I'd really like to see this and hope that it might go somewhere further. Luckily enough, she smiled and reciprocated that conversation with the the words, well, I like you too. And so we both blushed awkwardly <laughs> and then went our ways and continued our friendship there. And it progressed and we started to get to know each other as we were dating and then, of course, then there's that next step. And just shy of our six-month anniversary, I invited Beck out and then put a little bit of a picnic together and I proposed and that big question came, Beck, will you marry me? And I waited anxiously, nervously and thank God she looked at me and answered, yes, yes I will. You see, there's a moment in every relationship when a decision needs to be made. Is this just a friendship or is this something more? Over the next few weeks, we're going to examine another relationship. It's not a romantic relationship. No, it's our relationship with Jesus. Some of you who are listening right now might be at that first date stage or maybe you're in that getting to know Jesus stage. Maybe there are those here who have known Jesus for many, many years but have never had the conversation, you might say. There are some of you, of course, who have made that step and have been walking with Jesus for years, if not decades. 
We need to start this journey by defining where we stand with Jesus. So I want to ask by, start by asking simply, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? Is are you a fan or are you a follower? I'd like to read from Luke 9.23, these words. Now this, I've included the, the passage and the words from last week to give it its full context. We read from verse 21, Jesus warned his disciples not to tell anyone who he was. A son of man must suffer, suffer many terrible things, he said. He will be rejected by the elders, the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. He will be killed, but on the third day he will be raised from the dead. Verse 23, then he said to the crowd, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. What do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you yourself lost, are lost or destroyed? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in his glory and in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. You see, Jesus defines what it means to be a disciple. And he says some hard words. If anyone would come after me, he says, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. So as I, as we read these words, you might react in different ways. Some of you are ready to move to that next level, you could say. Some of you are not. Maybe some of you, as you hear those words, you're comfortable with your current setup with Jesus. Maybe it's nice to come to church. Maybe it's nice to watch church from the comfort of your own home. And the idea of a further commitment gets you a little anxious. We need to take some time to define the relationship. Where do you stand with Jesus? Are you a fan or are you a follower? And you might say, of course I'm a follower, Wally. Of course. But I'd like to define fan. We can define this idea of fan as an enthusiastic admirer. And if you think about it, we can all be fans of different things. We can be fans of the AFL, which is a little difficult at the moment with all the changes and not being able to go to games. But if you're a fan, you can watch the games, you can cheer on either from a stadium when you're allowed to go there or even from the comfort of your lounge room. You can even own the team jumper. You see, we can all be fans. But we can often be fans... Of Jesus. We're excited about who he is and and what he says. We might even like him. We might even go to church. We're committed to going regularly. But a follower is something more. And it's far too easy to simply become fans of Jesus. To tune in each week or come each week, sing the songs, applaud to know when to cheer at the right times, when not to cheer, when to sit, when to stand. And after it's all done, we get in the car, we evaluate the sermon, the worship, 
Come back next week. And you can be really big fans. You can be really into this. You can know the songs by heart. You might even flick to your pages in the Bible when we speak about references. You can be a really big fan and that can feel really good. You see, we can be great admirers of Christ. The thing is, Jesus never just wanted admirers or fans. He called for followers. So we need to be honest with ourselves and search our hearts this morning and begin to define our relationship with Jesus. And we're going to do that by asking three questions. The first one is this. Why are you here? Why are you involved in a Christian community? When you can, why do you come to a church? If you are, why are you watching online? It's interesting if we look at the life of Jesus. Particularly, I'd like to draw our attention to John chapter 6. And in this particular passage, Jesus is attracting enormous crowds. Hundreds, thousands of people are following Jesus as he teaches and as he ministers to those around him. But in John chapter 6 verse 2, we have this, uh, this indication of why people followed him. In John chapter 6 verse 1 we read, After this Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. And a huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Did you pick up the reason why people followed Jesus? What did they come for? They came for the spectacle. They came because they saw Jesus healing the sick. They came to see what he would do next. In this place, not for his teaching or for his wisdom, but simply for the show. People wanted him for what he could do. It reminded me of a time when I was earlier, when I was younger, I should say, an earlier time when I was younger. And I can remember a time wanting to be or wanting to have a friend who owned a holiday house. I actually knew another friend who had a friend like that. Now, I didn't know the friend, but I heard stories of this other friend who would go and visit them and they had this enormous house that had a swimming pool that had a tennis court. And I can remember thinking, man, I would love to have a friend like that. Think about that. It's not about the friend at all, is it? It's all about what the friend can offer. So why do you keep coming, take part in this Christian community? Is it because you like the company? Because you like the people here? Is it because you like the free food when it's on from time to time? Maybe you just love the worship, you love the music, the people. In this same chapter, in chapter 6, Jesus continues to challenge his disciples. From verse 2, he continues on and starts to teach them many things. And a number of those things are quite challenging, quite confusing, in fact. And the disciples were unsure about what Jesus was saying. 
And many people we read in verse 66, we read in John chapter 6, that from this time on, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You see, there came a point where they no longer wanted to follow him. It was, it was too difficult. It was too hard. They didn't come for the show anymore because there was more that was being called of them. A lot of them went home because he wasn't what they wanted. As hard as it may be, maybe it's time for you to define your relationship. Time to decide. Am I a follower or do I go? Why are you here? Why are you listening? For Jesus, he wants to have a deep relationship with you. Don't doubt that for a moment. He came to earth and he died and he rose again. It cost him dearly to show his love and his commitment to you. He wants a deep relationship with you. But where do you stand? Are you a fan Are you a follower? Are you here for what Jesus simply has to offer? For the perks? Or are you here for Jesus himself? Here's another question that helps us define our relationship. Are you all in? You see, being a follower of Jesus requires complete commitment. A follower of Jesus will do whatever it takes to walk with him. They're loyal, completely committed. And Jesus didn't start with a call to commitment as we read the Gospels. In John chapter 1, from verse 35, I'd like to read these words. We read, The following day when John was again standing with two of his disciples, as Jesus walked by, Jesus looked at him and declared, Look, there is the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? He asked them. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher. Rabbi, where are you staying? Come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying and they remained with him the rest of the day. Did you pick the invitation here? The first invitation we see here is Jesus simply to inviting these disciples to come and see. Come and see, says Jesus. Come and see who I am, what I do, where I'm staying. Come and see. But in time, Jesus invites his followers to so much more. His invitation starts with come and see. To follow me and finally to come and die for me. We hear these words and it can often make us squirm because we don't do well with complete commitment. We like our options are open. We prefer selective commitment if we're going to be honest. And so we often find ourselves customising a Christian faith that works for us. I'm going to follow Jesus, but we often choose areas in which we follow him or we don't. We might say, Jesus, I'll follow you, but don't ask me to forgive. Don't ask me to forgive that person 
because you know I can't stand them. Lord, I'll, I'll follow you. But don't, let me, don't ask me to let go of that resentment that I'm holding deep in my spirit. Don't go there. I'll follow you. But my money, that's mine. I work hard for this. I'll follow you, Jesus, but don't ask me to give you that too. Jesus, I'll, I'll follow you, but don't ask me to abstain from sexual desires or, or let me define my own experience what sexuality is. Jesus, I'll follow you, but hands off in these areas. Jesus, I'll follow you, but my relationships, they're mine to choose. I'll follow you. Lord, I want eternal life, but, but don't challenge me on who I can date, who I should marry. I'll follow you, but... I guess you could think about it like this. If your life was a house and the many rooms, I guess, represented different areas of your life, are there rooms that Jesus does not have access to? Are there areas in your life where the door has been locked and you closely guard the key and you won't let Jesus in? Well, if that is the case, you're simply a fan and not a follower of Jesus. Because as followers of Jesus, there is no option. There's, there's no selection process that we choose. There's no bargaining. There's no bartering. Jesus, I'll follow you, but no. Jesus has made it clear. When you decide to become a follower of Jesus, it's all in or nothing. And fans, fans don't like the idea of going all in. Fans are not wild about making sacrifices or about having to give something up or to deny something that they want or to crave. And so if you find yourself squirming internally or even on the couch, you're most probably a fan. And Here's the challenge. Will you give everything to Jesus? Will you say, Jesus, I'm all in. Every part of my life, every aspect, I give over to you. No bartering, no ifs, no buts. Lord, I'm here and I offer myself to you every part. Even the parts I'm ashamed of. The areas of my life that I, I even struggle to hand over. Well, Lord, help me, I pray, but here I am and I'm all in. So are you a fan or a follower? Are you simply here for the show or are you here for Jesus himself? Are you all in? This is our last question to ask ourselves this morning. This enables us to define our relationship with Jesus and it is this, have you made it your own? You see, people start coming to church for many reasons. I started going to church because my mum and dad made me. They grew up in a church, so it wasn't an option. We came to church week by week because our parents did. We even got to an age where I guess we found it harder, but they would still say, no, if you live under our roof, you're coming to church with us. 
And so we wanted to live under that roof and be fed, so we went to church. Maybe that's your experience. Maybe you're watching or tuning in or you're part of a church community because of a boyfriend or a girlfriend that's encouraged you to come. And that's wonderful. Keep coming. But today's an opportunity to ask the question, is there more? Maybe you're coming to appease someone. Like I said, parents, a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Maybe you're coming because you have wonderful friends who are connected to the church and, well, it's a, it's a wonderful community, which it is. But it can be like riding in a car with someone who plays music that you really don't mind. This makes me think of road trips and uh, would often get in a car with uh, uh, friends of ours and we'd take trips to interstate for many hours on end and, and the best friend, my best friend at that time had a tiny little red hatchback and it would take far longer to get to any place than it should because of the little 1.8 litre motor that was within it. And so we had plenty of time up our sleeve and this particular time we were travelling just north of Sydney in New, New, South, New South Wales. It was a 14 hour drive and we went through many CDs and I must admit that many of the CDs that he liked, I was sort of okay with. And in the car, of course, I'd, we'd dance along, we'd, we'd even sing along, but there were CDs that I didn't have in my own collection. They were, nowadays, I guess, songs I would not download or, or stream onto my own device, as you could say. And these songs become addictive, I guess. You get to know them well. You know the words, you know how it goes. And this can happen by being a part of a faith community. You can get into the flow of things. You can know how things go. You can even begin to like it. You begin to even like who Jesus is. You can become a fan. But this can actually be a dangerous place to be because it looks like faith. It even sounds like faith. You're a part of a community that's pursuing faith. But unless you are personally pursuing a relationship with Jesus, unless you're coming for your own reasons week after week, you're actually numbing yourself to the real thing. So close but not quite there. You can get comfortable with church, the songs, but it's a dangerous place. Because it doesn't require any sacrifice or personal commitment or change. Close enough to experience the benefits from others who are following him, but not pursuing him yourself. But the reality and the truth is this. Jesus is looking for a relationship with you. Not for a relationship between, between you, your mum and him. Not for a relation between you and your dad and him. Not for a relationship that you gain through your girlfriend or your boyfriend. He's looking for a one-on-one relationship with you. You see, you need to make faith your own. You need to make this decision for yourself. You need to make the choice to follow Jesus. To take up your cross and follow him. As Jesus said in Luke 23... And he invites you. If 
anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Jesus stands to you. Will you come after Jesus? Will you deny yourself? Take up your cross and follow him. My prayer this morning is that you would say yes, that you would make this faith your own, that you would place your trust in Jesus. So are you a fan or a follower? Are you here for the show or are you here just for Jesus himself? Are you all in? Are you seeking a relationship with Jesus personally? As we continue this series, we're going to continue to search our hearts. Over these next few weeks, we're going to continue to ask, are we followers or are we fans? Let me pray. Lord, I thank you for this time and this opportunity to come, to open your word, to be challenged and inspired and encouraged by your truths. Lord, I pray for each person here listening, either this morning or at another time, at another place. And I pray that your Holy Spirit may come and be very real and present to them now. I pray that deep within themselves, in their own hearts, Lord, that they may make this decision and be very sure whether they are fans, Lord, or followers, enthusiastic admirers, Lord, or fully committed, sold out followers of Jesus Christ. For those here this morning, maybe for the first time have said, I want to be a follower, not just a fan, not just an admirer, but no, I'm all in. If that's you, I pray that in your heart you simply pray these words, Jesus, I believe in you choose to follow you, to deny myself, to take up my cross, to give my life to you, Lord, and to follow you. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, for each of us also who are already followers, Lord, it's still a challenge, Lord. Lord, have we given over every area of our life? Lord, if there are aspects of our life that we are hiding from you, knowingly or maybe subconsciously, maybe we're not even aware of it, now, Lord, I pray that by your Holy Spirit that you would reveal to us aspects and areas of our lives that we are holding back from you. Show us, we ask and pray. Lord, as difficult as it may be, Come now and we offer those areas to you now. Be it our relationships, Father. Could be situations in our life. Could be habits we hide from everyone else but that you are well aware of. Father, we come and we commit them, we give them to you now. We offer ourselves to you fully. And we pray that you will have your way in us. And Lord, it's in this place we discover this wonderful truth, Lord, that when we offer our lives to you fully, it's then that we, that we know life in absolute abundance with you.
So we thank you, Father. We give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. And all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us here this morning. And I want to encourage you, if you're at home with other people, rather than just skidding off and then getting into your day, I want to encourage you to try something just for a moment. And that's to sit and simply ask, what was it in the message today? Maybe in one of the songs that I heard today that stood out to me. Ask, was there an area in the message today or in what I've heard that has challenged me or encouraged me here? And I encourage you, and I invite you to be really honest. And then take some time to pray for one another and encourage each other once you've shared those things. You might like to do it over a cup of tea. It might take longer and you might even choose to do it over lunch. But don't skip this moment and this opportunity to simply share with one another and to encourage each other in prayer. I hope you can enjoy that time together now. Otherwise, I look forward to seeing you in the weeks to come. Who knows where we'll be next week. It might be like this and might be here. But I look forward to seeing you however that may be. God bless.